Welcome, everyone, to the Meaningful Hearts Podcast, where we discuss the everyday questions that make us or break us if we let them. With your hosts, Drew and Daniela, take our hands and let's walk this journey together. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Meaningful Hearts podcast, where Drew and Daniela take a walk into the wild side. (laughs) In all seriousness, today we're going to talk about uncomfortable conversations when the truth really hurts, but the feedback is oh so awesome. Daniela, bring us in on this one. Music. What a a wonderful introduction. But yes, you and I have talked about uncomfortable conversations in previous episodes, um, specifically in one where we talked about the dynamics of healthy relationships. So uncomfortable conversations are important. But I was recently watching a video posted by Dr. Mark Hyman, who we've learned about from Tony Robbins. um, And he gave a framework for having uncomfortable conversations when the truth is harsh. And I, and I thought it was really good. So I thought, why not bring it here in the confine confines or compound? I I think it's confines, confines of our world, like you, you and I, and everybody listening, the meaningful hearts. So he gave a little bit of a backstory as to how he learned to avoid having uncomfortable conversations, especially when the truth was harsh. So he said that he actually learned to lie from a pretty young age. He said that he had a raging alcoholic father who he pretty much had to keep satisfied all the time, because if you told the truth about something, it would be like hell, you know, no, no type of constructive feedback, especially about his drinking. Um, and it was because of this that he learned to not quite tell the truth and people please. And throughout his life and his work that he did with people, he learned that this is actually a form of manipulation. It's not in a harmful way, but more in a protective way. I must not say the honest truth because it's going to hurt somebody's feelings or I don't know how they're going to react. Those are like the two main things. He also said that it's ultimately harmful to say yes when you mean no, which again goes back to the concept of needing to tell the truth, especially when it's hard. Make sense so far? Yes. Drew, can you recall a time in your life (laughs) where somebody told you a harsh truth or you said a harsh truth to somebody and what that was like? Damn. (laughs) I've said so many harsh truths. (laughs) Oh my God. Or how about a time when you said a harsh truth or two, I guess like two, you can go two ways, right? Because there's two ways harsh truths and uncomfortable conversations can go. It's they're either receptive and it goes well, even though it's really difficult or it doesn't go the way that you want it to. I think if you would kindly share one of both, that I would, would awesome. I would say a, I would say a harsh truth, but what was more in the heat of the moment was when I got into an argument with my mom about how how I, I was so reactive and how I, I was such a cruel person and how I could say such you know mean things to her because I basically you know I told her that you know that the way that I am 
reflects a lot on the way that I was treated as a child. And she like dismissed my childhood as not being so bad. And I'm like, you know, who are you to, to tell me what I experienced? She's like, you don't know what it's like. You don't know. You have no idea. I'm like, I have no idea. Like, excuse me. Like, who do you think you are? Like, how can you, how can you talk to me this way? I'm your mother and, and all these things. And I was like, in all reality, I was like, you talk about, you talk about all these things you went through. I was like, I experienced it tenfold. And I was like, you're, you go to the direct reason why I, I've, where do you think I've learned this from? I literally said, I was like, the reason I am acting this way is because you taught me this, the way that you responded to your partner, the way that you spoke to us. It's a direct result of how I speak to you. And it comes to a point in my life where I am owning up to it and changing, but don't get it. Don't get it twisted. You're the person that taught me all this. It's learned. It's not something mm -hmm. that just fell onto my mind. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, you know, it, it just became an explosion of more arguments. And you know what? You know, you're you're really cruel. You're you know you know disappointing. Like it just it it didn't go good. There was no if you know it literally just you know thank you thanks but no thanks threw it right back in my face and said you know I'm I'm a cruel person and it was really ugly. It was not really good. That's a that's a more of intense one. Yeah, it definitely yeah. sounds like a harsh truth, and yeah. it definitely sounds like it wasn't received well. Now, what about a time when it was received? well by somebody and you said a uh, harsh truth okay or maybe as difficult as it might have been they were at least receptive like even if they got upset in the moment i would say somebody that could take could take real harsh criticism and i am a fucking asshole yes you could take some great criticism <laughs> i raised my hand <laughs> you could take some great criticism but before before we met um i did a lot of music and creative work with one of my closest friends and, you know, he, he was not doing so hot as far as his singing, some of the music that we would create, some of the songs we would write. And I would, <laughs> he'd say, yo, what do you think? And I was like, uh, go to the store and get some hefty bags. And he's like, what do you mean? Get some hefty bags. <laughs> go to the store and get some hefty bags. Cause that shit was trash. Oh my gosh. That's a blunt <laughs> delivery. All right. For anybody curious, in the in the step in the framework that i'm gonna share it's not that harsh <laughs> no but it was more like it was joking but we, we, no, would, get, we would get at each other like that but mm -hmm. in all in all reality I, I would tell him like listen we need to change this we need to do that and he would always ask me how and he would always like he would be so open to it it wasn't like he was dismissive i got more dismissive about things especially my creative side than he would it was impressive but it was usually always t taken really well. I mean, somebody who's willing to learn, willing to fall, willing to get up and learn again and and always change something and not be dead set on something and say, you know what, I'm going to change this. You know, I'll take your advice. That sounds like a good idea. Let me let me change that and see what happens and be very open to it. It was very awesome. It really was. What did that do for your relationship with him or what has that done? Because I know this person is in your life. So what has that done for your relationship? Um, so <laughs> I, he's a, ultimately, when it, when least, it, when it, when it, when it friends. I would say when it comes to really important things, he learns after the fact, after I, you know, I, I told him what to do or how, you know, what's the best advice he, he would take it, but he wouldn't use it. And then he would, he would do the thing, like the lesson would be taught and he'd be like, Oh, that's why I shouldn't do that. You know what? You were right. 
okay. <laughs> it was like that. He he gets sure. he gets the right answer, and then he creates the 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 video of what not to do, and then mm-hmm. the more you know pops up. You know, it's, you know, and it's like wow, okay. But he's still your friend, right? So yes, you know, yes. and you guys are really good friends. If yes. he wasn't receptive, if one, if you weren't willing to challenge him, and two, if he wasn't receptive, you guys would not be friends. Just like maybe in the the disagreements and the arguments that you've had with your mom if yes. she had been a little bit more receptive your relationship would have yes um in some ways become more meaningful which is why i asked the question because when dr hyman was talking about it one of his points was the reason why we have uncomfortable conversations especially when they're harsh or the truth isn't pretty is because it ultimately does help to build deeper meanings and connections which is what you have with your friend you know he's still here listening he might take some time to learn that's that's fine but he holds you in high regard and you know that you can challenge him you know that you can be there and support him which is ultimately the goal of having these uncomfortable conversations especially when there the 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 truth is not pretty if that makes sense yes so this is a a good point to start to actually share what the steps that dr hyman gave um and then we can add a little bit of our input uh based on how we have uncomfortable conversations sometimes so can you take a guess at what the first step might be you drew the first step Mm -hmm. in the process yeah I mean, having the uncomfortable conversation would usually start it, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, you'd think that you'd get right into it, but no, he says that the the best one of the best ways to start is actually to ask for permission from oh, another yes. person. I mean, you and I are a little bit different because we've kind of set that groundwork. Or actually, there have been times where you you'll say something like, "Can I share with something with you that kind of bothered me?" or you know, "Can we talk about this in a little while?" So you do actually ask for permission and I think I've done the same so he says yes ask for permission go to the person that you want to have this conversation with and tell them that you'd love to talk to them about something and ask them is right now a good time if not when is a good time giving the person options is always helpful and not even if they say that they say no right you kind of put them put it on them versus saying i want to tell you something that i think you did wrong right because that's ultimately at least for me and my understanding and uncomfortable conversations is you want to try to mitigate defensiveness or attacking somebody because that's not the point of an uncomfortable conversation right that's why so many relationships there's so much conflict because people feel attacked and not just intimate relationships, but that's probably why your mom responded the way that she did because she felt attacked. So that's the first step. Sound good so far? Yes. For our listeners, if you're not taking notes, I would definitely recommend a note or two, whether it's digital or hand writing. Um, I think this is pretty good information. And she's not asking. She's telling. Get that pen (laughs) writing. It's a recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) the second step is to once you sit down with them um 
and like schedule a time you explain your goals it's always important to know the goal of a conversation of an uncomfortable conversation whether it's you want to understand them more you just want to have an uncomfortable conversation that within itself could be a goal or be more connected like i want to feel more connected to you or maybe it's a conversation about intimacy or anything of that sense right the third is now, this is what you said. This is when you actually start the conversation. And there's a very particular way that he recommends starting a conversation, which I actually really liked that he shared. And this is actually something I've also done in my work with my patients. He says that it's important to start with the positive, see them for who they are and the genuine person and the good things about them. Because again, it's not about attacking them when you feel like you're, or when a person feels attacked, rather they're automatically on the defense. That's just how we are as human beings. So when you start with something positive about them, you see them for who they are, and then you ultimately start to take accountability for how you feel or the role that you played. Say, for example, you're having an uncomfortable conversation about I don't know, your partner not wanting to take out the trash. <laughs> Just an example. It's very minor because we're talking about the truth is harsh. But if you're upset with your partner for not taking out the trash, part of a way to take accountability is, is saying something along the lines of, you know, I've had a really long day and I haven't been able to do this and I feel unsupported in, in this aspect of taking out the trash. Again, just an example, but it's the framework. Does that make sense? Yes. What do you think? so far about the three steps that I've shared other than you agree. Cause you've been nodding your head. <laughs> I think that's important to set the stage for everything before you do it. I think preparation is key and your approach is I'm in sales approach is everything. Uh, even not to deviate from the subject, but <laughs> one most sure. important thing is when you, when you visit or you're doing cold calling, you're walking into a business and you, you talk to the decision maker and, and you ask them if they, ha they have some, some time to speak. Um, you ask them, um, you want to address their questions and concerns and you'll write those questions down beforehand. You say, do I have permission to proceed and, and talk about, you know, whatever we're talking about. And then mm -hmm. you proceed from there, but you got to set the stage as opposed to just going sure. right in rifling questions and just going through it. First of all, it creates a terrible experience. And then you're, you're just not acknowledging what they're looking for or what, Maybe they have to say you're going right into what's important to you. And that's not, mm -hmm. that's not how it works. Yeah, exactly. The preparation is important. Setting the stage, how you go into it, which also adding to that, you have to do so without judgment. Like you on the sales call, right? You want to make sure that you take into consideration all the different parties that are um, affected by the decision maker. And with uncomfortable conversations when they're harsh, it is important to do it without judgment. This is how I see it. This is my experience. I might be wrong, but I want to share it with you. Following that step is actually asking for their perspective without judgment. This is my perspective. This is how I see it. Tell me how you see it. What is your feedback to me? Because again, the goal, once it's been established, this is where you can kind of reiterate the goal. I want to understand your perspective and how we can feel more connected or how can I help you feel heard? Yes, exactly. I just took a big deep breath. <laughs> Makes sense? Yes. Then the last step in uncomfortable conversations is 
coming to some form of an agreement. This is probably the most challenging one because you could be prepared and think about how you want to deliver and make sure that the person isn't isn't feeling attacked, but you're still, and I think that's part of the reason why uncomfortable conversations, especially when you don't have the nicest things to say are so difficult because you don't know how the other person is going to react. In an ideal world, the other person would say, yeah, that's great. I hear you. You hear me, et cetera, et cetera. But that isn't actually always the case. And sometimes the agreements might take a little while. I know when Joe and I, you've had, you and I've had had difficult conversations. We discuss, we take some time and sometimes eat. I know you've had to reiterate. I've had to reiterate. I understand. I'm not trying to invalidate. I'm just trying to share my experience with you. So coming to an agreement may be challenging, but it's important that some type of agreement is come to because you don't want to leave the conversation with feelings of bitterness, feelings of resentment, because that doesn't do anybody good. So saying things like, I get this, I hear you. How can we be more mindful of each other? What how can I meet your needs? Cause it comes, it also comes down to needs not being met, especially in intimate relationships. I also think that a lot of people have unresolved arguments. They're just arguments. That's all they are. They never really come. They never come to the table with an agreement. It's more like, let, let me just purge this bone that I got to pick with you. And you're going to pick with me. We're not going to have a resolution where there's no plan for a resolution. We're going to just argue it out for now until next time. And yeah, so it is very key to tie it up, right? To have an offer on the table on both ends. Yeah. Like like an agreement because you do want to move past this. This is this is how relationships are forged. You can get it can get hot and heavy, it can get can get a little ugly. Um but overall the the goal together is I want to hash this out so we can move forward and for and keep building on those layers of a relationship not have like, you know, we're not two lawyers in a courtroom yelling at each other and see who has a better argument. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I know for me and you, like I said before, you and I have established a, a groundwork of being able to have uncomfortable conversations, but that doesn't mean that we have an uncomfortable conversation in the last five minutes and then that's it. We're done. Yay. Let's go. Whatever. Let's go on about our day. It doesn't actually work that way. I know we've had reoccurring uncomfortable conversations, whether you challenge my perspective or I challenge your perspective about the things that go on in our lives. And part of it is practice. It does take practice. But I, one of my hopes in sharing this is that it's a guide because having an end destination without a guide, you know, doesn't necessarily always work. I mean, it can if you're, <laughs> if you don't necessarily have any restrictions and you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to get there and I'm going to get, I'm just going to walk south. Whatever south is, that's how I'm going to go. That can definitely work. But when it comes to uncomfortable conversations, because they're so difficult or can be so difficult, having that guide is important, which is where the steps that I've just shared come in hand. I think, I hope I'm not redundant, but I probably am. It's a thing. <laughs> That's how you learn. You have, you have to reiterate a couple of times. Yeah, you know? right. There's nothing wrong with that. You know? Yeah. I think that knowing, knowing how to get back to that place, if you honor this as a tool, right? You have to look at and respect this as a tool that you could use. Now, if you don't, you disregard it, then it's whatever. You're just 
you don't want to accidentally stumble upon a solution and not know how you got there. And I think it's very important that it is in the steps. It is stepped and broke down, right? That's that's the key to this. So write it down and Did you, you say broke down? Broke down? Or broken down. I don't know. <laughs> we will never know. We'll have to listen to the episode. Right. <laughs> uh, the magic of recording. Yes. So I think one of the final things that I would want our listeners to take away from this is that it is a process. And again, it's not something that you can do one time and just, you know, magically. I mean, it could if you're willing to be on really to if you're really willing to be that uncomfortable and willing to take on the other person's reactions. But what I would hope that people would take away from I guess the steps and like the framework is to remember that you can take the time to write it out beforehand. I've done this plenty of times when I've had to have uncomfortable conversations. And the main thing to remember is, or one of the main things among so many, is that if you can try to remember to go into it being curious about the other person's experience, as much as you want to feel heard, that gives you a higher chance of things working out in your favor. Yeah. Believe so, but I also think that just because you're going into a, I don't know, a, a disagreement doesn't mean you also have to just give in and just say yes to the person. That's and, true, and that's that either. You know, you know, be reasonable with both sides. I mean, yeah. some, sometimes people come into a conversation very rational and petty. You yeah. know, if you're going into it with a level of maturity, you have to understand that you're walking into a level. You know, with this to be resolved in a respectable way where it's, it's in the middle where we both respectively do this on both sides. And it's not you just knowing you're right to an extent and just bowing down just to shut the other person up. That's not what this is about. Just to clarify. Yeah. So you're saying to not go in, give fully giving in either. Yes. Have a, have a solid ground. I I stand firm on certain things. You stand firm on certain things. Mm -hmm. It's okay to agree to disagree. If it's something that's just, can't be resolved there are certain things that just can't i guess in a sense can't be resolved in the way that you'd want to but a a level of respect walking away with a level of respect and understanding is key too like how you feel about ai and how i feel about ai but that's a conversation for another time yeah don't worry (laughs) (laughs) you do want to take a moment to thank our listeners for sitting here listening to us rant (laughs) we hope that it gives you some type of value even if it's a sentence or two yes we appreciate you all for listening thank you very much